welcome everybody to SIBKL Good Friday service. And um, today is a very, very important day. 2,000 years ago on this day, Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, fully God, came to the world to become fully man. And there he walked on this earth. And then he was betrayed, bitten, stripped, whipped. He carried a cross to Calvary, where ultimately he was nailed and he hung on the cross. And he died on the cross for us. It is a very important event in our Christian faith. But it was not just an event, you see. It is the event, the event that marked history, that marked our Christian faith. It is the epicenter of our Christian faith. And because this event was so immensely important and so central in our relationship with God, that God knew this from the very beginning, from the very, very beginning. And He was hinting it from the beginning of creation. Way from the beginning of creation, he knew. And he was giving, he was dropping hints. He was saying, my son will come and die for you. My son will come and redeem you. So he was mentioned in the Old Testament. Now you'll be saying, wait, what? Jesus was mentioned in the Old Testament? Yes. I'm telling you, Jesus was mentioned in the Old Testament, not only in the New Testament. Yes, Jesus and also his death was mentioned. And his name, Jesus, was not specifically mentioned, but he was referenced throughout the Old Testament. And we have this saying, the Old Testament concealed is the New Testament revealed. So everything that happened in the Old Testament was pointing towards one point, the revelation of Jesus, the revealing of Jesus. And he even told his disciples that, that it is revealed in the Old Testament. So, I'm just going to share a few scriptures to you right now. In Luke chapter 24, the two disciples in Luke chapter 24, this is when Jesus had already hung on the cross, right? Three days later, he rose from the dead. But the disciples, they, they heard about it. They know the news. And they were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, two disciples. And Jesus appeared to them. They did not know it was Jesus because Jesus kept them from recognizing him. And Jesus strikes up a conversation with them, asking them, what are they talking about? The two disciples shared that they were talking about Jesus of Nazareth, the prophet who did many miracles, the great teacher in the eyes of many, that he was crucified by the leaders, by the religious leaders. They also shared that some women had went to the tomb earlier that day and they found they could not find Jesus' body, but instead there was an angel that appeared before them to tell them that Jesus was alive. And some of the men from their group also went and they said that his body was gone, but these two disciples they still had a mournful, sorrowful face upon them. See, Jesus 
in this story. He sends their disbelief. And in verse 25, he says this. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the Scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering His glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the Scriptures the things concerning Himself. You see, Jesus even told His disciples. See, Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all Scripture the things concerning Himself. So He was probably taking them from Genesis 1 verse 1 all the way to Malachi. It is the writings of Moses till the writings of the prophets. It was the entire Old Testament. And he was probably telling the disciples. You remember that story? You know, when, when Jesus said, let there be light. Let me, let me share with you. Let there be light. Yeah, Jesus was telling them. That was me. You know the story? When God was giving out a curse and a punishment, and he said the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. Yep, that was me. And then he said it in verse 44 again. Then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses, in the law of Moses, and the prophets, and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Says the law of Moses, the writings of the prophets, and the Psalms. That, my friends, is the entire Old Testament. And everything in the Old Testament was pointing towards Jesus. Now, these are what I call markers. Different markers in history that points towards something. Different markers or pointers pointing towards something that is to come. And there are many markers in the Old Testament about Jesus and His crucifixion. Let me give you an example. For example, in Genesis chapter 3. Oh, this one not yet, don't worry. In Genesis chapter 3, you know, God was with Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve, you know, they committed sin. And to atone for the sin, after all the curse and everything, to cover them, God sacrificed an animal to cover Adam and Eve. How? For, for God to make clothing from animal skin, He would have to sacrifice an animal. See, and, and this animal that was sacrificed covered Adam and Eve's shame and their sinfulness. They were covered and God was probably saying, you know, that animal that was sacrificed to cover Adam and Eve, that's me. You know, I was sacrificed to cover all your shame, all your sinfulness. Another example I can give you is Genesis 22. When Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice to God, you know, Abraham was about to sacrifice Isaac on the altar when God intervened and stopped Abraham. And then he provided a ram caught in the bushes for the sacrifice. Jesus was saying, that ram, that was me. That was me taking your place, taking the place of your sons, taking the place of your son's sons. That was me taking your place. Since Jesus mentioned that he is written in the law of Moses, the writings of the prophets and the Psalms, I would like to highlight three different markers 
from each category. Okay? There are many, many markers. We don't have time to go through all of them. We can go through all of them, and I suggest you do go through all of them, and that's called the Bible reading plan. So go through the Bible reading plan and reflect, because there are many, many markers. But today, I want to cover three different markers. And just like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, we will go on that journey where Jesus tells them from the law of Moses, from the writings of the prophet, and from the Psalms. So marker number one, we're going to cover this from the law of Moses. The law of Moses is basically the first five books of the Bible. Okay, and I'll cover marker number one, which is Exodus 12, the first Passover. So this was a time where the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, and God was in the midst of freeing them. To do that, God sent 10 plagues to persuade Pharaoh to release the Israelites. And the 10th and final plague was death to all the firstborns. And for death to pass over the house of the Israelite, God instituted the first Passover, where an Israelite family would take in a young lamb or a young goat, a one-year-old lamb or a one-year-old goat that is without defect on the 10th day of Nisan, which we are in the month of Nisan right now, to take special care of it, to take special care of the animal, and then on the 14th day of Nisan, at twilight, sacrifice the animal. They are to eat the meat of the, of the animal and take the blood of the animal and smear it on the side and on the top of the door frames of the house. And on that night when the Spirit of God came to execute judgment to take the firstborn, seeing the blood of the sacrificed animal marked on the doorpost, it would then pass over that house. You see, because of sin in our life, judgment is coming for us. And that judgment is death. We have all been sentenced to death. But Jesus came. Jesus came, and Isaiah 53 verse 7 mentioned that Jesus came like a lamb to be slaughtered. In the Passover story, the instruction to the Israelites is that they would have to take special care of the lamb. Take a young goat, one-year-old lamb or goat, and take special care of this lamb or goat. What does this mean? This means you have to take the lamb into the house. You have to care for the lamb. You have to clean the lamb. You have to feed the lamb. What you're essentially doing is you're communing with the lamb. And just like the lamb, the young lamb or the young goat in the story of Passover, Jesus came and walked on this earth, eating with us, drinking with us, coming into our house with us, communing with us. And then on the 14th day, the lamb would be then sacrificed and his blood used to mark the sides and the tops, the top of the door frame. This speaks of Jesus the Lamb of God, the unblemished, no defect, sinless, blameless Lamb of God dying on the cross for us. His blood poured out for the forgiveness of our sin. And that is why when judgment comes, it would pass over the house. It would pass over our lives. It would pass over because this door was marked with blood 
our lives is marked by Jesus. You see? This was a marker pointing towards Jesus and the crucifixion on the cross. So that's marker number one from the law of Moses. Let's move to marker number two. Marker number two can be found in the book of the prophets. All right? I'll pull out Isaiah 53, but there are so many from the, from the writings of the prophets. For example, Zechariah, in Zechariah 12, verse 10, he wrote about a time where the people of Israel will look upon the one they have pierced and mourned for him. This is a prophecy about Jesus' crucifixion, right? Daniel, Daniel chapter 9, all right? There, there is one, one verse that says, after 62 sevens, the anointed one will be put to death and will have nothing. This is very interesting. 62 sevens. You count the 62 times 7 number of years, you go back all the way from this time and you count all that it, it lands upon the death of Jesus. This crazy accurate. All right? So the writings of the prophets. But one of the most detailed markers in, is Isaiah 53. So marker number two, Isaiah 53. It's written by Isaiah who lived 700 to 800 years before Jesus. And he wrote this, you see, in Isaiah 53, verse 5 to verse 7. You just cover verse 5 to verse 7. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers in silence. So he did not open his mouth. See, Isaiah wrote about Christ seven to eight hundred years before Christ even appeared. Now that is a marker. Why? How? It's because the Spirit of God came upon Isaiah and he was obedient and he wrote Isaiah 53. Now for marker number three, from the Psalms. Just to share with you the Psalms, there are 150 Psalms. Out of the 150 Psalms, 16 of those Psalms are Messianic Psalms. It talks about Jesus. And if you do the math, that's slightly more than 10% of the Psalms that talk about Jesus. And I want, to, I want to narrow down to Psalms 22, a psalm written by David that speaks of the actual crucifixion of Christ. Psalms 22, verse 16, My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. Now, was David pierced? No, he was not pierced. David is speaking of the Messiah without understanding or knowing it. Now, Jesus only came 1,000 years after King David. David was obeying the spirit of the Lord, and in his obedience, he wrote this psalm. And after 3,000 years, 3,000 years today, we read this psalm, and we know exactly what and who David was writing about. He was writing about Jesus. Let's continue. Then they have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. I can count all my bones. That means my bones weren't broken. My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my garments among themselves and throw dice 
for my clothing. Wow, how accurate, how vivid the description of the crucifixion of Christ in the book of Psalms, written in this Psalms 22, written by King David. See, there are many markers in the Old Testament. Many, many markers. Like I said before, marker number one, from the laws of Moses, bring the lamb into the house of the, of the Israelites, sacrifice him, so that when judgment comes, judgment passes over. Marker number two, from Isaiah 53, he was pierced for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities. Marker number three, from the Psalms, Mind you, there are many, many more markers that came. Psalms 22. Psalms 22. Wow. David knew that his hands and his feet, feet will be pierced and they divided his garment. But all of these markers point towards one landmark. One landmark event. That is the cross. Points towards the cross the landmark event of the crucifixion of Christ. It is as if the universe, it is as if time knows about what is going to happen and time in itself is revealing what is to come, which is the crucifixion of Christ. It is as if in history, innately, everybody knows, pointing towards the cross. That's why today we are here on Good Friday, once again pointing towards the cross, remembering what happened on that cross, where He would be marked for us, where He would die and His death atone for our sins. Now let's see what happens in this landmark event. And since our theme, the theme of our Good Friday and Easter is marked, let us look into Mark chapter 15. Verse 21. I'm going to read this slowly for everybody. Just take this time to really let the words sink in. Imagine what Jesus was going through and let the Word of God speak to us. Verse 21, a passerby named Simon, who was from Cyrene, was coming in from the countryside just then. And the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Simon was the father of Alexander and Rufus. And then they brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, which means place of skull, place of the skull. They offered him wine drugged with myrrh, but he refused it. Then the soldiers nailed him to the cross. They divided his clothes and threw dice to decide who would get each piece. Remember Psalms 22. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. A sign announced the charge against him. It read, The King of the Jews. 
two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Ha, look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests and teachers of religious law also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down from the cross so we can see it and believe Him. Even the men who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed Him. Verse 33. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Then at three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabatani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. Wait, he said. Let's see whether Elijah comes to take him down. Then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he died, he exclaimed, This man truly was the Son of God. You see, Jesus was marked for us. This landmark event was the crucifixion. This landmark event that all the markers point to was Jesus crucified for us. Jesus being marked for us. And church, this is the epicenter of our Christian faith. This landmark event where Jesus was marked for us. At this point, now I'd like, we'll, we'll move into a time of reflection and I'd like to ask you to take your reflection cards. You would have received one of these coming in. It is a reflection card. If you do not have a reflection card, you can raise your hands right now and we will have people passing these reflection cards to you. So anybody who doesn't have a reflection card, you can just raise your hands right now. For those of you online, prepare two pieces of paper. Prepare a pen as well. And also for those of you who do not have a pen, you can raise your hands as well. We will have people moving around giving you a pen.
on this sleeve, if you turn around the sleeve, you'll see Isaiah 53 verse 5 on this sleeve. We're going to take some time now to meditate on this verse. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes we are healed. He was wounded for our transgressions. In another translation, it said that He was pierced for our transgressions. What does this mean? He was marked for us, for our wrongdoings, everything that we have ever done marked for our rebellion against Him and against one another. He was bruised for our iniquities. Another translation, it says, crushed for our sins. Again, once again, marked. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him. Because of this, we now have freedom, we have peace. And by His stripes, once again being marked, we are healed. It's just going to take two minutes right now to reflect upon this. Just like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, as Jesus was revealing Scripture to them, I'm very sure they came across Isaiah 53. And Isaiah 53 clearly points to the landmark of the cross. And this day, what we're going to do right now is we're going to declare Isaiah 53 together. And as we declare, we are going to point 
towards that landmark event, the crucifixion of Jesus. We're not just going to point, but we're going to remember what He did. We're going to internalize it because of what He did. Now, we have redemption. Can I ask everybody to rise right now as we declare Scripture? What I want you to do is, I want you to declare slowly, not too fast, follow my pace. Is that alright? In a reflective manner, and as you declare, remember the cross. Remember what Jesus did. One, two, three. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed His powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. We turn our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on Him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly. Yet He never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep in silence before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in His hands. When He sees all that is accomplished by His anguish, He will be satisfied. And because of His experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous. 
I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. Amen. You may be seated. Now, church, what makes this landmark event the crucifixion where Jesus was marked for us so important? Why did the laws of Moses, the writings of the prophets, the Psalms point towards this landmark event? Why is this the epicenter of our Christian faith? What is the hallmark of this landmark? And I can share with you the hallmark of this landmark event is the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is the landmark, is the hallmark of this landmark event. You see, we are all born sinners. In Psalms 51 verse 5, it says, For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. See, because our forefather and mother, Adam and Eve, disobeyed God's command to not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they did, they disobeyed, sin entered our world and into each and every one of us. In Romans 5 verse 12, it states, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Church, we were all marked by sin. We were all marked by sin. And in Romans 6 verse 23, the first part states this, for the wages of sin is death. We were all marked by sins and because of that, the wages of sin is death. But because of this landmark event, because of what Jesus has done on the cross, we can now have eternal life. You see, the second part of Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, the atonement of sin in the Old Testament always goes with the shedding of blood. An animal, the animal would shed its blood. We have to bring an animal. Whenever there is a, a guilt offering, a sin offering, a burnt offering, you would have to bring in an animal that's without blemish, symbolizing the purity and perfection required to approach a holy God. You know what is so beautiful about the story of the first Passover where the children of Israel in Egypt was that the lamb that was unblemished and without defect. That was the beauty of it. This unblemished lamb. That story was a foreshadowing of what is to come. It all pointed towards Jesus. The ultimate sacrifice the ultimate Lamb of God 
that Jesus came as a man and led a sinless, blameless life, hence making Him the ultimate sacrificial lamb for our sins once and for all. John the Baptist saw this. And in John 1, chapter 1, verse 29, he says this, The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And it was because of the blood of this Lamb of God that gave us redemption of our sins. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 to 9, I love the message version for this. It says, For because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, His blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we are a free people, free of penalties and punishments, chalked up by all our misdeeds, and not just barely free either, abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans He took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in Him. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, His death and His blood poured out for us, we are now free. We do, do not have punishment. We do not have penalties. And like Romans 6.23, it is only through Christ Jesus. In Isaiah 43.25, it says this, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. So church, because of what Jesus did on the cross, because His death, because of His blood poured out for us, all, all, all of our sins have been forgiven. And not just forgiven, it has been blotted out, removed, cleansed. The blood of Jesus removes the mark of sin in our life. And now we can live a life free of penalties and punishments, which is death. Now, in this juncture, I would like to invite you to pull out the paper that has the word marked past and marked present. It is a slightly longer one. You can just pull it out. You can raise your hands once again if you do not have a pen or pencil and one of our ushers will pass it to you. Those of you online, I hope you have two pieces of paper and also a pen or pencil with you. But join us in this activity by writing down the word past and present on a piece of paper. You know, we know that Jesus died on the cross for us and that His blood removes the mark of sin in our life. But some of us here, we still carry that mark. We still carry the sin, the guilt, the shame, all the repercussions and all consequences of sin. 
And it could have manifested in different ways, in an illness, in a sickness, in anxiety, in stress, in depression. Some of us might still actually be carrying sin because we are flawed in this life. We are still flawed. We are living in this world. It could be an addiction, unhealthy thoughts or feelings. Or it could have been something in the past that has marked you tremendously. Or even something that you're currently going through right now. What we know now is that God has redeemed us from all of these things. And what we are going to do right now, this moment, because God, because Jesus went to the cross to give us freedom, what we're going to do right now is that we are going to write the sins that haunt us, the repercussions, the consequences, the illness, the sickness, the events that haunt us. We're going to write this down in this piece of paper past or present. And what we're going to do is we're going to do a prophetic act together. We are going to tear this piece of paper together, signifying that Jesus has wiped away all our sins. He's blotted it all out. And on top of that, we're going to take all of these pieces of paper and we're going to put it at the feet of the cross. Can we do that? So right now, we just take some time. Write down whatever you can think of, your sin, a past event that has marked you, an illness, a sickness. It can be something that's physical, something that's emotional, something that's spiritual, even mental. give you a while more, just another half a minute. finish writing right now. It'll be good. Now, with all eyes straight forward, to lift up your piece of paper right now. We're going to pray together. You know, lift them up right now. This place. Lift it up. Now, I want you to pray after me. Heavenly Father, I renounce, I reject and I disown all these sins written on this paper. 
Right now, everybody, let's just tear this piece of paper right now. Let's continue with our prayer. Repeat after me. As one who was supposed to receive the judgment of death, but because of the blood of Jesus, I am free from all penalties and all punishments. I am abundantly free. The blood of Jesus has removed all markings of sin in my life, in the past, in the present, and in the future. Sin and the consequences of sin no longer have a hole in my life. I choose to believe that all my sins and all my iniquities have been confessed and I now stand forgiven and cleansed in Christ. In Jesus' name and all God's people say, Amen. Amen, church. Please remain seated. The communion man will come around collecting all of this paper and in the meantime, the worship team will sing this song. Take this time to reflect upon the song and reflect upon the freedom that God has given you. Across the great divide, 
right now and we lay it upon the cross we lay it at the feet of the cross we thank you Lord for your blood that has cleansed us so church once again the Old Testament all these markers point towards a landmark event the event of the crucifixion of Jesus upon the cross and the hallmark of this landmark event was the blood of Christ that takes away all our sins. Takes away all our sins. But church, you know what? Before there was even the mark of sin, God, the creator of heaven and earth, our creator, when He created us, He created us in His image. And then He breathes His spirit and gives life into us. When He created us in His image, and we bear His life, His Ruach, we bear the birthmark of God. That's my third point right now. My first point was landmark. Second point, hallmark. Now my third point is birthmark. It is because we bear this birthmark of God, right now there is an innate feeling within us that says we are born for something greater. We are destined for something greater. And it it is this birthmark that we search for something greater. Satan, however, tries to give us a counterfeit greatness. He throws riches at us. He throws sexual immorality, power and stature. And because of that, it marks us with sin. But remember, Jesus went to the cross pouring out His blood for us, remove the mark of sin in our lives. And it's because of the birthmark that God gave us, we can draw close to God. We long to draw close to God, to our Creator, the one whom we were made in the image of. And when we believe in Jesus, and when we believe for what Jesus did on the cross, and there's blood poured out for us, we are then born again. A spiritual birth. And at this moment, at this point when we are born again, Jesus then marks us again. We are marked by Jesus with a spiritual birthmark. Ephesians 1, verse 11 to 14 says this. 
In Him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of His glory. And you, were all, and you, also, you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. See, when you believe, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. And it is with the Holy Spirit, our helper, that we are able now to reclaim our birthmark, to achieve what we were made for, our prophetic destiny, which is to reign and rule. God made Adam and Eve to reign and rule over the earth. He gave them authority. It is with the help of the Holy Spirit. In John 14 verse 20, 26 it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all things that I said to you. The Helper, the Holy Spirit will help us. This is a birthmark that we have. Amen? It is a birthmark we have and right now right now we're gonna ask the helper the Holy Spirit to help us to achieve what we were made for remember it is a birthmark that God has put upon us we were made in the image of God that's why we long for something greater that's why we always long to achieve something more and that something more is actually achieving things in Christ being in Him, being close to Him. And that's why we are drawn towards Him. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit right now to help us achieve that. And right now, we want to reclaim our birthmark and the prophetic destiny that God has destined for each and every one of us. Please take out the other piece of paper in the sleeve that states, marked by God. Those online, please take out another fresh piece of paper and write marked on it. There is a little blue strip at the bottom. Write your name on this blue strip. And on this paper, we are going to write our prophetic destiny. The promises which God has given us, our dreams, our hope and our ambition that God has given us. For those of you who do not know, your prophetic destiny, ask, ask the Holy Spirit, ask the helper that was sent to us. Right now, let's just take this time to write. Right now, the promises, the hopes, the dreams that God has given you. You may have forgotten it, but God wants to remind you once again your prophetic destiny. And that's why He sent the Holy Spirit, your helper, to help you achieve your prophetic destiny. That's right, right now.
even after this night, you can still continue writing. And if you're done writing, I want you to put this back into the sleeve and put in your Bible. And every time you feel that you've lost hope, look into it. Open it up. See what has God destined you for, for greatness. Look at the dreams, the hope, the ambition that God has given you. Look at your prophetic destiny that God has made you for. And this is to remind you that God has marked you from the very beginning. And when you believe, He marks you again and He gives you the Holy Spirit to help you achieve it. What will happen is on Easter, we will hear more about this from Pastor Isaac where you are marked for greatness I'll just like to seal this with a word of prayer and after that we'll just sing a song then we'll do communion Heavenly Father I thank you for sending the helper the Holy Spirit to teach us and guide us in all things that with the power of the Holy Spirit we would be able to fulfill our prophetic destiny we ask that you reveal to us our prophetic destiny, the dreams, the hopes that you have placed within us and bring them to fulfillment so that your name may be glorified. In Jesus' most mighty name we pray. Amen. Church, at this point in time, I would like to ask you to remain seated, still remain seated as the worship team brings us through this song, Man of Sorrow. You can continue to take this time to write your prophetic destiny, your dreams and your hopes on this paper.
time of communion right now to seal this night. As I mentioned before, we are the disciples on the road to Emmaus where Jesus opened up Scripture and explained Scripture to us to reveal the cross, to reveal that landmark, to reveal the hallmark, to reveal our birthmark. I just want to continue reading from Luke 24. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus. and the end of their journey, Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them and they sat down to eat. He, which is Jesus, took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were open and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. When they broke bread, their eyes were open and they behold the Lamb, they behold the landmark, they behold the hallmark, they behold the birthmark, and they saw the Lamb of God. They saw what John the Baptist was saying, behold the Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. And may I just mention, this Lamb of God that was marked for us was not just marked and the mark then disappeared. No, at His resurrection, His scars were showing. And not just that, not just that, yes, He went back up, but you see in Revelation 5, Revelation 5 is pointed again to the Lamb. And it says here in Revelation 5, Then I saw a Lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered. You see, this mark, this mark that God, that Jesus took for us, He did not just take it and then it disappeared. No, He took it and He's proud of it. He bore it all the way until the very end, until this day, He bears that mark. Let's come to a time of communion right now. That Jesus instituted the communion on Passover. And Passover was a celebration, was a celebration of what happened in Egypt where the children of Israel was brought out, where the lamb was taken into the house, slaughtered, and the, and the blood put on the door, top, and on the sides. Doesn't that look familiar? Top and the sides. The Lord Jesus, on the night He was betrayed, took bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Heavenly Father, we remember you. We remember the Lamb of God. We remember the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. We remember the blood poured out for us. We remember the cross. We remember that and we know in the age to come, the Lamb of God that looked as if it had been slaughtered is still there. So we remember, Lord. We remember. Let us partake of the bread.
In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So Heavenly Father, we remember your blood poured out for us. We remember the hallmark, the hallmark of the landmark, which is your blood, the blood of the Lamb that cleanses the sins of the world. You say you and you only are able to blot out all our sins and because of that, we are now cleansed, we are now forgiven. Because of that, there is no penalty, there is no punishment. Because of that, there is no death. Death passes over us right now. And we remember and we thank you, Lord, for the blood. Let us partake. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the landmark, which is the crucifixion, which is you going to the cross and dying for us. We thank you, Lord, for the hallmark, which is your blood poured out for us, Lord, for the forgiveness of our sins, Lord. And we say, Lord, this day, we remember the cross. We remember what you did on the cross. We remember that you have removed all our transgressions. We remember that now we have a birthmark, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' most mighty name. Yes, Lord Jesus, you will reign forevermore, Lord. And Lord, we ask, Lord, that we may behold the Lamb, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, the Lamb of God that went to the cross for us, hung on the cross and died for us for our sins, Lord. So, Lord, as the days goes by, as we anticipate for Easter, Lord, may we continue to behold the Lamb. May we continue to look upon the nail-pierced hands. May we continue to see Jesus that was marked for us. We thank you, Lord. And we thank you for this time that we can come and we can remember what you did on the cross of Calvary for us. So Lord, we ask, Lord, that you bless us, Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face towards you and give you the shalom, peace of God. In Jesus' most mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Amen, church. We've come to the end of the service. We have our Easter service happening tomorrow at 5 p.m. and also on Sunday at 8.30 and 11 a.m. all here in Bangunan Yin. Come with an anticipated heart. Come expectant for God to move because He reigns and He is victorious. Please remember you would have your communion emblems. Please, communion emblems. Please remember to discard your communion emblems at the entrance and to return the pens and pencils at the boxes located at the entrance. For those of you online, God bless you. God bless you.